what is the uh, what is the split here? Um, do you think that that is Shatner in a mustache or not? I do not. You I do don't not? either. It is. What? No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm Paul. And I'm Abby, and you are listening to Three to Beam Up. And this week we're going to be talking about uh, Operation Annihilate. So guys, I think it was last week or the week before, remember I made a joke about Pepperidge Farm cookies? Yes. No. Okay. I remember. 50% is fine. <laughs> and then I couldn't name any Pepperidge Farm cookies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so and I... then we named a bunch of Pepperidge Farm cookies. Yeah, like yeah. Milano's. They're tasty. So, well, you named Milano's. Sure, that was the low-hanging fruit. Uh, no, but I went to the store and I looked at a bunch of Pepperidge Farm cookies and I bought some. And this is, I mean, this is the sound of me opening that bag. But uh, I was going to give you guys an opportunity to see if you could guess which ones I picked while I open them and <laughs> eat a cookie. Wow. I'd say one, one guess each, but Seriously? <laughs> it's not Milano's. Darn it, that's well, the only ones even, I know. <laughs> is it like this super chunk, what is it? Like they're like, I don't remember what kind of chocolate chip they are, but they're open. like the, um, the really delicious. Sh- there's, there's chocolate chunks in here, sure, yeah. Is it the white macadamia nut ones? No macadamia nuts, no. Darn it. Oh. Wow, this is a hard to open bag. You're going to make people so angry eating on a podcast. Just I'm not going to eat now. like the whole bag. But... <laughs> right yeah, now, later, than sure. Throughout the episode, picture. Abigail, it's, it's going to take some time. Well, the trick was, I was actually surprised at how many there are. How many different types of pepper charm yeah. cookies there are? Yeah, there are lots of pepper charm cookies. <laughs> this is not an ad for pepper charm. <laughs> but if they would like to advertise this, I would be fine with that. If they want That's to send true. me some cookies and I could eat them, that'd be cool. I would totally happily say <laughs> their cookies are amazing. Sure, we'd also take money. You know, <laughs> just just an example. So I'm gonna put the name of these cookies in the the chat, and I want to see how you would pronounce these cookies. Mackinac. Mackinac. Okay, that's what I thought. So um, I bought these because they're, well, they're Mackinac's, I would assume. But yeah, it's a Michigan, like, straight to Mackinac, Mackinac Island. It's spelled this oh. way, but it's a weird pronunciation. So I was wondering if people in the rest of the con- country maybe pronounce these cookies wrong, or if maybe Petrus Farm pronounces these wrong. But... <laughs> well, I would have definitely said Mackinac. <laughs> well, isn't it? <laughs> well, that works. <laughs> well, now I'm, now I'm vaguely curious about what the origin yeah i thought it's mackinac island yeah i'm not crazy there's an island there's mackinac island yeah except it's pronounced mackinac classic michigander (laughs) i'm very confused (laughs) but um the 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 crew of the enterprise also goes to a planet and gets attacked by like things that kind of look like cookies today (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know they don't even look like don't even give them the they are space amoebas they are space bags of plastic with some strawberry jam in them. That is what they are. I thought they looked like um, like Halloween fake vomit, you know? Guys, Yeah, they guys. Do, there's no good... Oh, my God. This guys, design just is horrifying to me. But going off of that, probably the best quote is when the woman on the away mission says, Captain, it doesn't even look real. And isn't that <laughs> just like exactly how the audience should read that as a commentary on the prop budget? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just so every time they did like a close up of the alien species, I'm just like, why would you do They're a just close kind of up on that? Around. What is wrong with you? Who decided that a close up was a good plan? I don't know. Props though, like it is clever. Yeah, they probably not just that put bad. like a. Is it though? No, the I way, hated it. The way they I breathe hate it so much. Yeah, they totally breathe in and out and stuff. Oh, I thought they were pretty cool. But there's no. I think they're horrible. And they're supposed to be a single cell. Like no, there's okay, no. Okay, well that way. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a whole different question. <laughs> I have a lot of oh. questions. I'm so I don't like it at all. I don't like this design of this alien at all. It makes me angry. So are we to gonna start it. with a talk on the space amoebas? Did they ever name them? No, I don't think they do. They don't. Like in lore, do these have a name, or they're just like the aliens they encountered on this one planet? It's probably on the wiki. I looked at Memory Alpha, and I don't remember seeing a name. Actually, for I don't them. either. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think there is a name. No. I think they're just nameless amoeba alien things that cause insanity and pain. Hmm. Well, well insanity is... through pain, right? Yes, yeah, through pain. <laughs> but that part makes sense, sort of. Except if they're a like a parasitic creature, why are they killing their hosts? Yeah. It's very... Con- this whole... I do not like this alien. This alien... Oh, man. There are so many... I wrote know. down... I, I wrote down, I love these aliens. <laughs> in <my opinion> <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Excellent. partly in, in jest, but I do kind of love these aliens. Oh. Well, the, the how they pass, sort of, from, from like... Uh, to person to person makes sense, right? If they go and they sting you and they leave some tissue which rapidly divides and take over your nervous system, that... That's like the only thing that does make sense. That does make sense. But that's, you know, that's pretty good for this show. Yeah. (laughs) The question, I mean... Low bar. The question you're asking is, you know, after that happens and someone dies, does like another one of these things crawl out of them? Is that how they reproduce? Oh, because like like then alien, it would make like a super yeah. sense that they would kill them. Yeah, so if that's how they like lay their eggs, I guess right. it makes sense. But would I you... don't know. That, that's a reach. But... Well, but if they're all like some like one organism, then they're probably yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah just so that um, doesn't... yeah, just cell division, basically, right? So <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, that, this that alien is a good point, doesn't make any sense, and it's terrible. Yeah, we're, we're jumping far ahead. But this, is a hive, <laughs> this is a hive mind. This is a single-celled multicellular hive mind that well we've got a lot of questions i bet <laughs> we do right, this episode boy this episode's another one that starts quick though oh um, and i love the opening i love i I, I love this whole episode i also forgot it was hilarious and i laughed out loud so many times during i think it. this one i think the reason i wrote i love these aliens is that they're so like amusingly campy right um, they are i'll it. give you that and they don't bother me for some reason in that way whereas some other things do <laughs> but but so yeah they start and they're talking about systems on a chart i thought that was confusing the whole bunch of stars and then they're like here's one star system but yeah. very yeah, that, very that small star point. map does not make any sense. <laughs> the, that's probably the smallest point i have about this <laughs> i also read on uh the uh memory alpha that they reuse that exact map in another episode which i think is wonderful oh sure it's multi-purpose it's a <laughs> well not a, i mean not a unit tasker you don't need more than one star chart I mean, you just need the one <laughs> so unnecessary most, most of my problems with this episode uh seem to be um <laughs> uh based around <laughs> solar dynamics i guess what do you mean <laughs> so the other ship, and I do like this opening. I, I like this from a standpoint of establishing mystery. This is the other ship is like flying into the sun, and they don't know why. They're getting closer. 
Oh, the but, very opening. Yeah. 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 I like that opening. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's it's the really opening, exciting. Not the, not the other opening. The one that we're talking about. The <laughs> opening one. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you two. Wait, I'm lost. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. That makes sense. The de- the de- Denovan or whatever ship is flying straight into the sun, and it's it's really an exciting opening after they go over that map. Um, although the timeline of several hundred years, I'm not really sure makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then there's the whole if they knew this was happening and it's been exactly. happening a straight line, and it's pretty obvious. Um, hi, quarantine. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> I mean, unless they're also being propelled through the galaxy by some force that is linear you would also think they'd spread radially radially uh, yes wow in a radius around the star <laughs> rather than uh linearly you yeah, would think that mm. and in a three-dimensional radius they're not trying to get somewhere yeah yeah that's true too in a three-dimensional <laughs> sphere that it wouldn't just be trying to get somewhere right right but yeah so the question was they're the, the what is it the denovian was that the name of the other ship sure um <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, I think it's Denova. Um, Denova yeah. uh, is flying towards the sun. Do you think that it went into the sun? Do you think it got cl- how close? Do you think they were to the sun? I think it, it went was... into the sun. I think the ship eventually went into the sun because I think the pilot was particularly trying to get into the sun. But I and I think the ship was just on auto. But I don't know how close the Enterprise got to the sun, except for too close for Scotty's comfort. Well, the, the hull was only 1,000 degrees, so it couldn't have been too close. Yeah, I feel like, boy, this is going to be the first time on this podcast I really nerd out. Um, the first time? I don't think so. That's not <laughs> Well, That's you not haven't seen how much I'm going to nerd out here about <laughs> solar dynamics. Um, but the surface of the sun is cooler than the corona of the sun. Um, by a pretty big margin. So I don't think they even got to the corona. From scale, they were still very, very far away from the sun. But if they got to the corona, that's then you're talking about millions of degrees Fahrenheit. Right. Right. And they're saying, like, oh, we're at 400, maybe 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Like I think they capped out at 1,000, yeah. 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 Um, but they also painted a picture like they were just flying directly into the surface, which, um, again, it's just small things, but... Um, I think it also paints a picture from a lot of sci-fi that the sun, the surface of the sun is just like a thing sitting there like like the surface of the earth that you would land on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Incorrect. But the, the photosphere, the chromosphere. What I wonder is, all... did they know that in uh, 1968? Uh, ooh, th- about, well, they would certainly have known that the photosphere and the chromosphere and the corona existed, whether or not they had accurate temperature measurements yeah, that's on what them. I'm that's wondering. a very, very good question. Um, things like the... Because the if they were just going area. off of estimates, that actually could have been up sure. to par. And you see this times. in a lot of sci-fi. It's one of those things where, like, I think sci-fi writers don't think to check on this because we think we understand how the sun works, that it's just a big ball of fire. Um, <laughs> close enough. I don't presume but I understand Close enough. That. Again, I think... Um, that's the tip of the iceberg on some of the things I got here, but uh, they get down to a planet, I guess. <laughs> they do. They get well, down to again, and can we talk about the insanity of this landing party? Really? The captain, <laughs> the first officer, the chief engineer, and the CMO. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is how this is typical too. Star Trek, yeah. though. This is I know, they always send down the sense. most important people <laughs> possible. There's, there's no, like, hierarchy of... <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, and then the two redshirts who you think are going to die. 
Yeah, that's yeah true. there's not enough death in this episode. Only the only Kirk's well, family that no one really cares about anyway because we've never met them before that, and we'll never hear about them ever Shatner again. Was that Shatner with a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it was. It looked just like him. I meant to look it up. They, he's on screen for like less than a second, and it has to be that they just didn't want to show it too long. Uh, I did not look it up. I'm looking it up now, but that has to be. I don't think it is. I think it was. I don't think it is. I think it was yeah. a different actor. But <laughs> but can we talk about Kirk's PTSD from these sorts of episodes? <laughs> right. Because can we also not forget, I know we haven't talked about the Paradise Syndrome yet, but on that episode, for example, he gets a dead kid and a dead wife. So, <laughs> like... He's just adding up dead family members that we've never heard of and that we never hear And that again. we will never hear about ever again. Which, by the way, I, I think I have, yeah, I have written down here. It's like, oh, hey, your um, brother and your sister-in-law are now dead. Now you're a dad, except it doesn't matter because... You're just going to give the kid back? your nephew's just going to disappear and it doesn't matter. So, so I've looked about. it up. What is, the, uh, what is the split here on do you think that that is Shatner in a mustache or not? I do not. I do don't not? either. It is. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> On IMDb, Shatner is credited as both Captain Kirk and Sam Kirk. For I episode. am so what? happy right now. <laughs> Oh, you got to go back and pause it. It was uh, he, that's why they cut so quick because they oh want you to look God. at it so quick and not think about it. But. What was their budget for this episode? Like five dollars? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need somebody who kind of looks like Shatner, but not Shatner. And Shatner <laughs> said, and Shatner said, wait. What if I put on I a mustache? Like and they said, cool, we're not going to pay you extra. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to get an extra credit on this episode, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's classic. Well, we were fooled. And we shouldn't I, I have been, Abigail. I did not, I, we I, should I, not we have, been. have been. We should have, we should have had more faith. <laughs> <laughs> more, more faith in what? In you more and your prowess. in the cheapness, in the cheapness of Star Trek. <laughs> that too. We already saw the space amoebas. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we should have had more faith in the lack of budget this episode has. But, <laughs> but, despite the lack of budget, it's beautiful because they filmed on location at some place, uh, which we could probably also look up, yeah, yeah, that has like all that super cool modernist architecture. Yeah, I thought the architecture, it, it's so, so very 60s architecture. But, right, very. Um, but, but modernist for the time. Oh, and I guess it was, I was just looking that up, actually. So it was at the TRW Space and Defense Park in Redondo Beach, California. The yeah, more you I know. thought it looked a lot like the... Um, the external scenes from a lot of the later original Planet of the Apes movies, when uh-huh. they're when the apes have come back in time to the present, present sixties and seventies. Yeah. Um, but I guess they, they, all the buildings look super sixties, super sixties, seventies. So. Yeah. My favorite line. Uh, I might have two or three. <laughs> when, I think it's uh, boy, I forget if it's Kirk now or McCoy says they tried to brain us with the, these clubs. Oh my god. <laughs> and the way he says it, I'm not saying it the way he says it, but was just such a beautiful line. <laughs> well, and the clubs are like these clear plastic <laughs> batons oh that I'm just like, what even is that? So, question, and this is later in the episode, but I guess I'm, ass- I'm going to assume, maybe incorrectly, that neither of you have played any of the Kingdom Hearts series? No. Not, no. Okay. Uh, later, Kirk or Spock gets attacked by a guy, and it looks like he's holding like a... A, a wrench? Ca- a plastic wrench? It kind of looks like a like a 
bad cosplay keyblade from <laughs> um from kingdom hearts like if, if somebody was trying to make a keyblade and then they kind of got lazy about halfway through it and just stopped but it's a very it's not a wrench right it has no, no i don't think utility. it is i don't know what it is it, it's just, it like reminded one. me of a plastic wrench yeah. a yes. giant plastic wrench with no real utility yeah somebody was trying to make a keyblade and then they got interrupted so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna cosplay as um the main character from kingdom hearts i've never really played that much kingdom hearts but <laughs> Can I also say about the space amoebas that I really like that they make seal noises? Is that what is that what we're gonna call them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're space amoebas and they go oi oi oi. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute for a murdery <laughs> amoeba. It's great. Yeah, we really need to come up with a name for them, right? I'm calling them the amoebas. I'm okay. I'm okay with space amoeba. That works for me. What's the name of this planet? The Denovans. I keep wanting to call it Dagobah, but it's not. Well, no, but Denovan is the <laughs> ship, right? No, is... no, no. They say, no, it's the Denovan ship for the planet. Oh, got it. So Denovan is the planet. Yeah. And they're just saying, the ship's name is not Denova. No, it's, they're saying, it's Denovan. Got it's it. Dagobah. <laughs> we can call these the Dagobians. force training later, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Yoda's gonna hang out. It's gonna be cool, you guys. I will. I guess that. we could call them Denovan amoebas. That's fair. Okay, I might forget and just revert to space amoebas. That works too. <laughs> but I'll try. Um. So one thing I would like to say is that for once, I think William Shatner actually has some good acting in this episode. I really for, for once, once? poor William what? Shatner. <laughs> yeah, boy, Abby and I are both on the defensive. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> Backpedal, backpedal, I'm backing up. But I really like his I'm worried about my brother look. Right before that opening credits come on. And then his his like standing off to the side where Spock approaches him and gives him that sort of quiet moment look together. It's It's pretty good. Uh, How how much do you think that William Shatner for his character backstory in his head was like Kirk was totally in love with his brother's wife? Because I think the chances are 100%. Wow. That had not even once occurred to me. Wow. Are you serious? Because that's all I could think about. When Kirk's like, oh, her, use my private hailing and we're going to do this. And, and she's like, but sir, it's private. And he's like, I know, do it anyway. And then he's like, that sounded like my sister-in-law. And I'm like, I'm sorry. There is no way that... That William uh, Shatner is not like and I'm totally yelled, in yeah. love with this woman because that is how Kirk works. Then he yelled at her. He's like, "I don't want to hear your excuses." Right? Like, I'm like, "Don't be mean to her. She's doing her best, man." He's sorry. so mean. He's, sorry. he's so mean to her. <laughs> he is a little Poor Uhura. The whole time, he's so mean to her all episode. There's a, a point I noticed. I noticed at the very start of the episode, there's like maybe five people, maybe six people in shot, and three of them are women. And then yes. two of them never talk. And then the, then they move mm-hmm. over and like Spock and McCoy are standing off screen. And it just immediately goes back to all men. Do you mean like the part in the conference room when there's like three women and Kirk is only speaking to Bones and Spock? I and love going, Gentlemen, that, what are we doing? That, that, that too. I meant the very, Classic very open of the episode. 60s. Very well, open, but. and can we also say it's not a good episode for women having emotional breakdowns? No between Nurse Chapel and Sam's wife. Uh, but God. I thought Kirk's 
sister-in-law, I thought the acting was quite good for someone. Oh, she was she was good, but like, but it's over the top. And oh, sure, sure, for sure. Should we should we talk about the biology of these aliens or their mechanism of uh, taking people over? <laughs> I don't know. Should we? I, well, that's okay. Well, it wasn't a should we do over, it? Or, I thought made or sense. what is the order that we should do this in? <laughs> I don't know. I've I've already established that I am not a fan of these aliens. <laughs> so I'm not going to be the one to start this conversation. <laughs> so they're definitely not breathing, though, right? Are they breathing? What well, are they doing? I don't think so, because they're not registering on the tricorders, which means they're probably not pros- an, an oxygen-based life form, which means it doesn't even make sense how they're like, living. Is that what the tricorders read in? Spock says, I'm very confused about the whole origin of this alien because it's like, it's not life as we know it. And it's it's from a different place and all this. I'm just like, it's still from space, right? Like, what, well, what but, kind but of no, no, different, no. are they from a different so, dimension? No. So, yeah, so the tricorders don't pick up the hordas, right? Which, and the big thing with the hordas is that they're not, they're not carbon-based life yeah, forms. Yeah, they're not carbon-based oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. life forms. Yeah, okay, so that's so what I'm saying. might not be carbon-based either. That's fair. Yeah, so they're not like, yeah, carbon and oxygen. Oh, I got carbon and oxygen confused. My bad. So I guess a good question would be, could a non-carbon-based life form live in a carbon-based life form's nervous system? Um, I guess unless they have different, like, states, like a butterfly. <laughs> but that would be... Well, they can also apparently travel through the vacuum of space. Right. Yeah, which would seem like a problem if you are melted well, but by can they? Because light. they keep telling they're like taking over people to like make them build ships and take them places. Oh yeah, that's a fair point. Good which point. again is confusing and what? But is the hive mind? The hive mind is then pretty sentient. Yeah, right? that I mean, well, and then that's incredibly problematic, right? Because they were willing to destroy all those creatures, millions of them. To save but the there's people. potentially still some out there, and like they just cut off this creature's hand. Well, <laughs> and then yeah, but I mean, like the loss of life of an intelligent creature. Yeah, I guess even if they got them all, then that's potentially even worse. I think you might be missing my point. I'm saying it's bad to kill them. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. it's even worse if they killed all of them. Oh, okay. Then they, then okay. they killed the entirety of this hive mind. Right, right, right. Which Bones, for being so sensitive in this episode, doesn't mention. They don't really ever try to communicate with it. I guess that would be challenging here, but... They don't even attempt. No, they don't really treat the alien like a, an entity. They treat it like, like they did a the disease. Like they or... Yeah. And I get it. Well, Kirk's also especially emotional in this episode. Very. He is very emotional. He is compromised. Hey, boy, he gets mad at Bones at the end. He gets mad at everybody. Okay, <laughs> Every and, single ooh. person. Oh, but his anger at Bones is the worst because poor it he really forced is. for poor Bones. Bones, this is a Bones-centric episode, by the way. I love this episode. But they forced him, essentially, to violate the Hippocratic Oath, right? Yes, they did. And then Kirk got mad at him And then yells at him. It's so rich that it's Kirk so gets pissed. Rough. And then Kirk's oh, like, I know. oh, Bones, it's not your fault. Like, like I'll try to comfort him when it was him who made him feel bad to begin with and forced oh, him I know. to do it. This is why, yeah, uh, I'm so mad. Uh, Kirk is, makes so many bad decisions in this episode. But yeah, that's the worst. I, I was so angry at the end of the episode, but it's like, okay, Spock's blind. That sucks. And then everybody's blaming Bones when he was the one who was like, we shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea. Or, or could you give me, could you give me like five minutes Could you minutes give me like 20 it? minutes to think about this? And then no, we're doing it immediately. And he's like, I don't think this is a good idea. And, and then, then he's like, under do orders it. to do it. And then he's, yeah. And then it's like, you did this. 
this is all your fault, Bones. And Bones feels bad because Bones is a sweet Hufflepuff. He's <laughs> such a precious baby. Bones is my favorite. He is oh a sweet God. Hufflepuff, I agree. So the, the resolution of this episode, right? There's not much meat in the middle here. There's just a lot of these scenes where they're like, oh, Spock's infected. Oh, the planet's infected. Like, we're not sure what's going on. And then they well, get to this point yeah. where Spock or Kirk essentially asks, like, what is the sun? <laughs> <laughs> and Spock's answer to that, I think, is would be my second favorite line of the episode. where Because they've already said, like, what does the sun do? And they're like, well, you know, heat and radiation. <laughs> and then Kirk says, but what else? But what else does it do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my and God. then Spock starts talking about, like, all the properties of the sun. It's beautiful. <laughs> but they somehow settle that, like, light is going to do it. Uh, yeah, which, which comes out of nowhere. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's definitely out of nowhere. And it doesn't make sense that it kills them. How does it kill them if they're in a body or a building? Sure. And how um, did they rig up all those zillion satellites so fast? That is the least problematic part of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 200 satellites. Oh, yeah, enough to cover the surface area of a planet, sure. All in different orbits. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a non-trivial problem. But... <laughs> the fact that all of them could also put out the kind of intensity they're talking about. Right. I mean, um, the, ma- the, like, the materials alone. Even well, so they just had those sitting around the Enterprise. They were just hanging out. Like, yeah. They were doing experiments and stuff. Aside from the question of like, <laughs> what about people inside? Because they say, well, we're going to make it bright enough that even if they're inside, it'll affect them. That um, makes sense. <laughs> when they put the thing in the test chamber, they put on goggles because the room outside of the test chamber is going to be bright, even though it's a test chamber. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, does this do they have a light source that penetrates walls and body tissue? Apparently, <laughs> they apparently do. they do, and they don't clarify what like part of the light spectrum it sure. is. Sure, and that's that's nope. the that's the problem at the end, right? That they're like, oh, it's only this one part of the light spectrum, and it's not. But the they visible don't say light. which. No, so um, what is it? Infrared, ultraviolet? Yeah. Like, there's only so many. Sure, <laughs> and when you're talking about the sun, there's lots of other. Like, it could be neutrinos. It could be all tons right. of things that would have no trouble passing through solid objects. Um, and they just say, well, it's light. <laughs> let's, let's shine some bright lights. And let's just go with that. Again, and I wonder if that was knowledge in the 60s. Which part? All the different lights, the entire light spectrum. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not, the, not the neutrinos parts. Or but I was going to say, I yeah, guess, the neutrinos. Well, potentially. They, that's a good question. Um, they certainly so weren't able to measure no them answers. well. <laughs> no answers. <laughs> no, but I'll nerd out the second point. Cause, so Spock tosses out a number. Um, and I think it's a pretty innocent number that if you're just writing this, it, it's actually a pretty good number. But he says that it's a, it's a million candles per square inch. Oh, I um, liked that. I like that measurement. It's very Bonesian. Right. It's very Bonesian, right? That, that, that's the, the intensity of light that was impacting that ship yep. when they said that it had been killed. Um, and that's close enough to some units of measurement, right? You, you would talk about that as, as foot candles, essentially. Um, not per square inch per square foot. And then in um, SI units, that would be locks per square meter. Um, and I was trying to figure out this question of, okay, is this a reasonable number for any distance within the sun, right? Like how close to the sun would you have to be to have this sort of intensity? And I did a little bit of math from numbers I could find online of people having done some of this math that the sun is about a billion lumens per square meter at the surface, so about a million lux. Um, and the 
it's tricky math having to do with point sources of light and oh, is it tricky math, Paul? Is it tricky math? Natural. No, it's really hard. It's not that tricky math. Uh, Sure. (laughs) No, I am. I am mocking you because I do not know anything you're talking about. Yeah, you lost the punchline. Listening. The punchline is is when you kind of do this math and you break it down square inches and square meters. I think by my best estimates, and again, I'm, I'm using numbers that I found online as best estimates. I would love a listener to try to do this a little more robustly. Um, but I think that the brightness you would experience at the surface of the sun is lower than the number that Spock tossed out, is the punchline sure. of this. Um, so he's saying that the brightness that that ship was experiencing was, was brighter than being with your face against the sun. That seems problematic, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting it to be too far out, and I think they nailed it a little too far in. But yeah, I would love a listener to figure out those numbers ex- exactly. Hmm. It also raises the question of if they are that close to the sun, how are they doing that with satellites? With you brought up, but um, how is it also not going to immediately give lots of people on the surface, um, you know, lots of skin problems, <laughs> uh, burn them, cancer, <laughs> maybe skin cancer? Yeah, the radiation uh, does seem like it'd be an issue. There are lots of issues. With I guess this if they're only giving result. off light, but they're, they're certainly giving off broad spectrum light, which is the whole point. Well, was the uh, link with skin cancer and such known then? I probably. I'm We're asking sure a lot of things about the 60s. Well, because. <laughs> it's I also mean, a lot. It, it would probably tanning be more. Tanning was so invoked. I mean, they didn't even fully accept like cigarettes were a cause of cancer. I would expect it would be more burn burns uh, like first or second degree okay. burns than it would be the long term effects of gotcha. solar radiation. But um, you'd definitely probably be hurting if this happened <laughs> to you, and the, the light was bright enough to penetrate buildings. Unless um, you have secondary eyelids, and then everything is fine. Uh, yeah, that's thank great, goodness. For how do you guys Spock's like that explanation? <laughs> It was such well, a cop-out. I'm so mad about it. But it comes back. It's used in later series. You, oh, you know I'm so watching dumb. Enterprise right now, and it's used in Enterprise. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest <laughs> thing. I, it is great that they had this happen this one time, and then they potentially lean into it for the rest of the series. But. Well, no, but what's, what doesn't make sense is that he forgot about it. That's what doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, if he closed them, wouldn't he not be able to see I, like even if it was reflexive. That yeah no. And also, if this is penetrating walls, are your eyelids really going to do much? No, they're not. They're not going they're to. They're specially evolved somehow <laughs> that they totally do, I, though, guys. I, I feel like Abby is done with this episode. She hates this episode. I, I don't hate this episode. I just I don't. I thought I actually liked it more than I remember. I, I, I love dislike it more than I remember disliking it, and I think it. I don't know oh, why. No, I why? just don't. I think I oh. like this one better than I remember liking it. I love this no, episode. I'm not sure no, why, despite I'm all my criticisms. Over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Abby, Abby, can I convince you for for a different point? You can try. Okay, so <laughs> that middle part with, where Paul was saying essentially nothing happens, which is true. There's, nothing does happen. There's no plot really, or nope, or no main plot pusher forwards. Uh, but there is a lot of character development, especially between Bones and Spock, which is my favorite part of this entire series. <laughs> right? There's all this like sly going back and forth, and smirks and sardonic looks, and Bones getting all indignant that you know Jim lets his patient go to the surface for the dangerous mission and he's all angry and stuff and then the looks at each other which are just priceless come on <laughs> i'm not saying there aren't redeeming qualities about this episode i'm just saying that i was bored for most of it 
<laughs> maybe I just love these characters so much that that's like the most interesting thing for me. No, I mean, it was like, I do like the interact, the character interactions. The character interactions are easily the best part, but it's also partially easily the best part because the rest of the episode is so weak. Like, like nothing happens and it's all just like Spock doesn't feel good and he's going to Vulcan power through it. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. Does he control his brain chemistry? I mean, is that what he's doing? I, he's Vulcaning it. It doesn't matter. He's just, he's going to be a Vulcan about it. He is a Vulcan and he is going to fix this. In my mind, he like creates a shield. A shield where? In his mind. In his brain. In his brain. In Spock's like, brain. Like pain, pain receptors? Yeah. No, a shield against pain receptors. Pain is of the mind. And uh-huh. it can be defeated. It, it's a question of why they don't give them um, painkillers that, you know, would deal with an amoeba sticking itself into your brain. Right? There's lots of things <laughs> that would just completely... Oh, I thought they had given it to them, but they were ineffective. I guess that's interesting that they could also bind to receptors in the brain that... Even in, even strong painkillers would bind to, or somehow overpower them. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an okay explanation. I presume that because like they were in sick bay and, and Bones was giving them all those you know whoosh shots. Whoosh. <laughs> 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 you know the most powerful of medications. Going going back to Bones, it's a it's a slight tangent. But how did he figure out which type of light worked? Like he just put Spock in there and turned on a light bulb and then said, "Oh, I guess it was only the ultraviolet." Yeah, he like got a report back or something. It was oh, after yeah, chapel, like chapel. handed him something. A report from what though? I from don't some know. machine, I presume. <laughs> I presume the test was running and all he there wanted. There are fourteen labs on the there inter- are on the enterprise, labs. Paul. <laughs> but if all like if you just bathed him in a broad spectrum light source, then the and the thing would die and you would have no idea what, what spectrum of light caused it. So presumably you, in the labs they were running each light source individually. And that sure, was that's what you would that. have to do. But if he was doing that, then he would have already realized the idea that he didn't have to do broad spectrum. But yes, exactly. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Well, maybe he was coming to that realization, but then Jerk Kirk pushed him into putting uh, Spock through that anyway. <laughs> He's like, I'm 70% of the way to a pretty good idea. And Kirk's like, shut up and do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that literally what happened. What happened. <laughs> that is what happened. Oh, man. So these these Denevian 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 amoebas, where where are they fit? Space on amoebas. Our, uh, space amoebas. Okay, we'll just call them space amoebas. Um, where where are they fitting in terms of power? So far. Well, they're defeated by light, so I'm not going to put them that high. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they've they already they've destroyed several planets. Yeah. Ooh, another question before that: Does Kirk actually have the power to destroy this planet? That was sketchballs. Because he, yeah. he, he tosses that out there that, like, hey, if we're going to quarantine this place, we're going to have to destroy the civilization. Like, does he have the capability? I don't think to do he could destroy the planet, but he, they could probably target the settlements. If there's only a million people, and each one of this, it's in cities of 100,000, that's only like 10 settlements, roughly. All right. I mean, yeah, that's just something that got I, casually tossed in this to episode. Like, call Starfleet and have to call more people, I feel like. I don't They might have to do, do that. Just the Enterprise. Yeah. Okay, so, but well, so in any case, then I would put this in a list, maybe close to the Omicron SETI three plants, right? Do you think these things are more powerful than those plants? Yes, no. I still like the Omicron SETI three plants. But they get beaten by emotion, and these get beaten by light. No, I think so these are way more powerful because these kill people, and those just make people like, Ooh, awesome high. 
yeah, it's a difference in awesome. It's <laughs> a difference in mentality, right? That like those plants are a lot. They're not going to kill you. They're just going to make you pretty happy. Right. And we agreed. We love those plants. <laughs> those plants are the best. It sounds like we hate these amoebas. I do hate the amoebas. <laughs> I think they're kind of cute. I think the amoebas are a little more dangerous, right? They Kelsey's are. right because they're going to kill you. They're going to make you build spaceships and they've take killed, you to another planet. They've annihilated like four planets. Yeah. Over I the... still hate them. Well, we could hate them, but I think they're more powerful <laughs> than the the spore plants. Yeah, absolutely. Are they more powerful than Parmen? Would be the next step up the list from Plato's stepchildren. Right. Mm, I think it's a different kind of power. It's not this, it's, because, uh, I mean, te- or right. mind control and, like, telekinesis, those are different kinds of powers, and, well, and it's a different... that was only because of the, like, atmosphere and the plant life and stuff. Like, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a hard to compare. It's a different yeah, type that is of a, villain. Yeah, that's a rough call between right? Parman. Because, yeah, Parman and such are, like, individual villains, but these are sort of less sentient. These like are the like pre Borg Borg. Right. Oh boy, that's a good question. If we're talking about a single one of them or the whole hive mind. I think the whole hive mind might be more dangerous, but a single one, probably not. And the whole hive yeah. mind get a could flashlight. Also be and that's <laughs> it is a good point that, that you could easily get a one million candle flashlight that, you know, you could I guess shine into your eyes. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Let's try that. It'll later. all work out. Run that experiment. <laughs> Some yeah, ethics problems. <laughs> there are ethics problems all over this episode. Yes, there <laughs> treating are. this. Some troubling. Oh ones. my goodness. It does not. It is. Oh, oh, nope. But if, nope. if it is the case that he would have had to kill them, then you really feel for Kirk because those sorts of really horrible decisions. Genocide. Yeah, I mean, that would have to, like, that's not just, like, weighing on you or just, like, run of the mill PTSD. Like, that's really awful. Like, really, really bad, right? Yeah, wiping out a whole civilization, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, it gives you an appreciation for the kinds of, you know, decisions he asks to make and the situations he's facing. The sort of ridiculous, crazy situations he's facing. Very ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, I feel bad for Kirk in this episode for sure, but I, he also just makes me so angry in this episode. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I get his worried about his family and all that stuff. And then, yes, there's the do I have to commit genocide question. But also, he's <laughs> just ma- mean to everybody. He's mean to Bones and Uhura. And he's mean to Spock a little bit. And uh, he's just mean to everybody. Oh, but he also has so much affection for Spock. They really love each other in this episode. So I think, do you guys have anything else on this one? I just, uh, the only thing I really have is, um, so we re- we forget real quick that the nephew's there. He's just gone. The end of the episode, nothing happens. We don't hear about Peter. Oh, yeah. He's just, he just disappears. What happened? Oh, so I read, did you read that in uh, Memory Alpha that apparently there was a conversation that was cut between Kirk and Peter? Yeah, there's a deleted scene, but because it's deleted, it's deleted. It makes and no so sense. it never happens. I mean, is the conversation basically, sorry, your parents are dead? I guess we'll put you on a space base or something? I think it Isn't was. The conversation? It, yeah, it was like he was going to go stay with his dad's colleague or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. was also Shatner in a different mustache? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I really true. hope so. Yes, that's what happens. But yeah, he just. It's like, I'm really worried about my nephew, and then never mentions him again once Spock is affected. Huh. <laughs> like, it uh-huh. just forgets it. 
he just disappears. You never see Peter again after that, like, one last shot in sickbay. Yeah. He's just laying there all sad and hurting, and then he's gone forever. Yeah, it almost, I mean, it feels like they didn't need to bring in family for this to be impactful. They since, did not. Yeah, since Spock is is already impactful. Um, that if that had just been a red shirt, that... It would have been fine. Yeah, and just a single red shirt gets hit, and yeah. then... Yeah, now they've used, like, the Kirk brother card, and they can never... Oh, he's got plenty of brothers. (laughs) You don't know. Iowa's a big place. (laughs) I mean, but to my knowledge, like he has no other siblings in any of the in the entire series or movies. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I think he only has the one brother. He only has Sam. And now he's dead. He has multiple children. (laughs) He died, (laughs) but he has only has one brother. So bingo. Bingo. Did you have any questions? Chelsea, I don't do you, actually this time. Chelsea, do you think we got bingo? I was, was thinking maybe we would because this was quite a cliche episode, I thought. I guess I'll, I'll just play doubles advocate to you then and say no, that we didn't. Because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know. Okay. We super did not get bingo. There was not <laughs> anything in this episode. God damn it. <laughs> All we have is there were multiple Vulcan neck pinches, which I was really happy about, just because I like the Vulcan neck pinch. There were a lot. This might have the most of any episode. I think so. There were a bunch, and and then there was there was also one part that I really liked that when when Spock goes crazy in in the transporter room and he like Vulcan neck pinches the one red shirt. Oh, that later Leslie. on when they're waiting and they leave again. And those, like, the security officers are standing there while, while Kirk's like, no, Spock, you can't go down right now. It's cool. There's one extra who's, like, rubbing his shoulder. And I'm like, way to commit, man. Way to commit. <laughs> it's so good. But, yeah, so there's that. And there is a captain's log entry. And Nurse Chapel's in. But that was it, really. Like, there's not there's not a lot in this episode that's, that's, that, really? that goes through a lot. Yeah, it was a really, really light, bingo, uh, cliche episode. I was kind of bummed out about it, actually. Another reason I don't like this one. (laughs) All right, that's fair. (laughs) Someday, you guys. We've had one. We had one. Maybe we'll have another one again. We'll have another. Someday. Well, are you going to get out the real hat and pick our next yeah, episode? Yeah, the, the not at all Ziploc bag. Um, no, definitely yeah, a hat. we can do that. Stop destroying my dreams. <laughs> I don't destroy your dreams, I make them come true. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe someday I will get a real hat. I'll find a cool one or something. Abby, you already, my... have a, you already have a real hat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Someone cares about me and my psyche. All right. All right. Next week. Next week, we are watching Season 2, Episode 6, The Doomsday Machine. Yes! Excellent. (laughs) The USS Enterprise encounters the wrecked USS Constellation and its distraught Commodore, who's determined to stop the giant plant-destroying robot ship that killed his crew. (laughs) Hmm. That's a great one. Yeah, we're going to have fun with that. I like anything with the word doom in the title. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be super fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, this one is not sounding familiar to me, but once I started to look at some pictures. It, it. all comes rushing back. Yep. Yeah, that's another one with like a giant space amoeba. Huh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we'll come <laughs> up with another like name. kinds of aliens. It's fine. <laughs> no, let's call it the space worm. All right. Great. So everybody listening can watch the episode and join us next time.
we need a better ending. We really do. 